Welcome everyone to another episode of Classroom to Staffroom where we talk all things teaching. I'm joined by my co-host Jody Epia. How are we all? I'm Miles O'Kane and we look forward to taking you all along for the ride. Week three is almost finished. Term four, the sun is out, the weather's heating up. It's good times. It is. Look at week three like it's that. I said it's to someone today, you know, we're already near the end of the week you know, and this week is almost over. And just looking at the calendar getting crossed off, you're thinking, man, it's getting closer and closer to the end of the year. And if anything, this is that term where you've got to maintain, you have to, because once you start, if you start to lack so early yeah. in the term, as we've spoken before, yep. it's almost downhill. You're making it harder for yourself. And I think, I think we were talking about earlier as well, I think the counter point to that is as well, term four, now the students know you. You've built that rapport with students, you've won them over, hopefully, so you can kind of at times, take your foot off the pedal a bit. I think in terms of, instead of just being, like I had a lesson today, that students are usually pretty good, instead of just going hardcore curriculum, play a few math games and stuff, and we able to sort of use that to build more rapport with the students. Mm. It was actually a nice feeling walking out of the class, knowing that it was a positive experience for most students in there. I've done something very similar. I've said to my junior class today, mm. I'm going to look at doing some brain um, working together as teamwork so mm-hmm. and problem solve. And man, just watching them actually learning how to um, work together with people that they don't usually work with, yep. that in itself was a good exercise just to see people trying to, how they add value to an activity yep. such as just, and I gave each group 12 nails okay, and they just had to balance all the nails on one. They were trying to go, what, how? And as then, they build, build them vertically. There's a way you can actually counter lock them in and they all sit on one, all of them will sit across the nails. Oh, right. In opposite ways. You lock it in with a nail on top, yep. and then you just balance it underneath. And then the students need to figure that out. One one group, I sort of helped a little, and then all the other groups. That's quite up. good. It was awesome. 20 minutes, this group of girls got it. They, yep. they were amazed at the fact that it actually worked, and so was I. To yeah. But just um, doing like um, activities like that where it's, you're competing against other groups. You're in a group that you don't usually work with. Yep. And all those dynamics in itself helps the kids go like, right, we have to try and figure out. And I watch some kids go, oh, I'm not going to participate. Then you watch other kids go, oh, well, I'll do this. And then the other kids want to join in. Yep. So I had three activities today for them to try and problem solve. Because it's quite as good because it's layered that. Obviously, mm. it's got the problem solving capacity for math. But it's yeah. got the um, the student dynamics, which is interesting as well. Mm. And you can find, like I've found that it's just it's interesting to see how certain students work oh, with yes. one another and who, you know, you try to encourage everyone to be the worked worker, sort yeah. of the equal amount, but there's always the more dominant students and you try to sort of bring that back. So it's that extra layer of challenge, oh, I guess, yes. to the teaching environment. Yeah. And then obviously it was two groups of boys and there's one group of girls. And the boys don't like to listen to girls. Mm-hmm. And the girls won. <laughs> they were all shouting for for joy. Good. And then the boys goes, they cheated, they cheated. I said, hey, hey, hey. We've got to learn to um, acknowledge those who do well. Yep. Don't tear them down just because they've done really yep. well. I did a male versus female students today as well. And because the, the guys, the boys in the class are just talking mad smack for the lesson. <laughs> like the first half of the lesson, I was like, all right. And as soon as I got them out there, the girls just blitzed it. I was like, boys, let me down right now. Come on. They came good towards the end. I was like, those girls got out to a decent lead to start with. Yeah. That's good times. Where do you see education being in 20 years? I'll start with that one because it's mm. a tough one. Just sort of broad strokes. I've often thought this. I said, I always thought that it'd be hard for AI to replace teachers. Mm. You know, I mean, I think you'd, you'd have, I mean, you can Google and stuff and you can sort of build on that for robots or AI to deliver information. 
but controlling a, a rough lower school class or a year, you know, that's going to be hard to do yeah. that. But, and for years, I swore by that. But then recently, I was talking to someone who kind of convinced me a little bit that you almost have like kiosks for education or like booths or something. Not exactly at all the logistics behind it, but you go in there as a student, you get your information feed, then however that works as well, which kind of scares me, man. It kind of thinks that, okay, there's still the behavior and there's still the behavior management component as a teacher, there's still a support component, but definitely starts to cut down. What I don't want to happen is in 20 years, we've just got robots in the classroom and teachers are just walking around controlling behavior. That'd be a little crazy. So I'm a little bit concerned here. Well, this time last year wasn't concerned. This time this year, a few red flags. Now, I think this is down the track and I won't get to that point. But yeah, I think any job can be replaced, can't it? Oh, right. These days. For me, 20 years, if I was to say, where is education going to be in 20 years' time, bro? I hope that they don't get rid of teachers because it is the human factor that is actually yeah, going to be missing. Point. That's a very good because point. It's, it's the reading of body language. Yeah. It's the reading of all the things that happen at one time in a room. Yeah. Um, so I don't think AI is good enough to be able to pick up and sense these sorts of things. And well, mm-hmm. that's just my opinion, but you never know. Technology might be able to go be more advanced by that time. It's just one of those things where I think even if a robot teaches how to count one to 10 or yeah. whatever else, it's, it's the way in how it's done. It's the way in how it's delivered. Yeah. It's not, as you say, hopefully not kids aren't just going to be treated like robots. And yep. when they go to the next class, they're just another robot. Yeah. When they go out into society, what they just lock in or plug in and become robots. Yeah. Which is, which is even a maths man. So even like a, a basic number sentence, which is a good point to highlight it. Basic number sentence. There can be students who still just get in their head and go, I can't do this. Yeah. Where it takes the the teacher, relate the rapport they built with the student, and be able to read those students. Where it's just dealing with AI. Yeah. Might, okay. That's yeah. yeah. And I'll see you. You're making me feel more confident now. Uh, only because, like, um, like for example, there's a boy today who missed class, missed missed a few things. Mm. So I just said, look, go and grab um that book there, copy the notes of how to do this. Yep. And he got the notes down. I said, once you got the notes, I'll explain to you how things work. Yep. See, I don't think AI will do that in a sense. That whole this is where I'm up to. Mm. If these kids aren't up to where I am, I don't know if the AI will go, hey, let's go back to catch these ones up. Mm-hmm. Or they maintain the task or maintain the course. No, we keep moving forward. And if you're not up to it, that's your fault. So uh, that, that I don't know. I have to go back today, right back to the beginning for one kid because he had, he had not come to always miss class. Yeah, there's, there's so much happening in one classroom at yeah. one time, isn't it? Mm. All right, so we're both locking in the teacher's going to be around in 20 yeah. years' time? Yeah, I reckon it's going to be hard to get rid of them because, yeah. What, 35 what years teaching it would have been by then. <laughs> You'll be 43. Yeah, I'll be 43. You'll be 43, 43 years in teaching. Years <laughs> That's a long time. Probably <laughs> with my kid, our photos up on the wall. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine, this, whoa, 35 years teaching somewhere. I, did, I remember when I first started, moved back from the country to the city. I was third year in. And I was teaching south, had to drive north. I was on the freeway, massive drive. I was driving home one day. Oh, this could be my life for the next 30 years, which wasn't a bad life. It was just crazy to think 30 years in the future. Yeah. Now I'm already 15 years. Like, it's just I'm halfway there already. <laughs> um, so today's episode, <clears throat> we're looking at myths and stereotypes of being a teacher. So the way I think we're doing it, both you and I have been in the teaching game for a while now. Uh, we've come across most situations, I think. Yep. Mind you, even at this point in my career, there's still a few things that occur 
that I don't think were possible and still spin me out a bit. But I think in today's episode, we look at maybe the myths and stereotypes that exist in teaching. I'll use the weekend to conduct a little bit of research, um, put together a list of the most common myths in teaching according to the internet. Now, this is no culture-specific, no upper school, lower school. It's just yeah. put in teaching myths into Google, and this is what came out. Um, do apologize because I can't, didn't have time to get all the sourcing documents and the correct sources. But so I'll say the myth that came across. Yep. We'll go one by one or whatever, Sweet. see if we agree with it, and yep. then talk a bit about it. No particular order. So you ready? Yep. All right. So the first myth, those who can't do teach, as in those who couldn't do other things in life, had to fall back on being a teacher. I'll start this one off. For me, this is a big myth, and it frustrates me because it devalues <laughs> the teaching profession like I've discussed many times before. Fun fact in here. Came with my stats today. In Finland, it's harder to be a teacher than a doctor. This is because it is fiercely competitive, requiring research-based master's degree that also encompasses lectures, practice periods, demonstrations, and school visits Mm -hmm. from the Edu Advisor website. And that may have been um, a couple of years ago. I'm not sure how current that is, but even since I've been in teaching, the Scandinavian countries like Finland have always been well-regarded. It's been hard to be a teacher. So for me, it's a myth. Mm-hmm. What about you? Same. Yeah. I look at the fact like um, teachers who go into the profession um, actually want to try and make change in students' lives. Yeah. The, the whole purpose of taking up a teaching job, what well, is coming from my perspective anyway, is I want to go in there and show kids that there is a better way you can actually learn better. There's you know perseverance, all these sorts of things. Yeah. But I look at a different career pathway prior to going to teaching. Obviously, we you never put all your eggs in one basket, and you want to sort of like explore explore your options. Yeah. But I chose teaching because when I had a teacher at school, he actually inspired me to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then when I started teaching uh, cultural groups, uh, junior cultural groups, when I was in high school, at the high end, mm-hmm. I really loved giving back. It mm-hmm. was that whole giving back stuff. So then I thought, well, I thought to myself, I'll go on, and see. You've got to be passionate. If you're going to come into this field, you're going to work with all types and all work walks of life. Yeah, no boundaries. Uh, yeah, you've, no got boundaries. To, and you've got to be able to adapt and be adaptable mm-hmm. to all the different changes. But staying strong to what you believe in as well as a teacher. So this one here, bro, I chose to become a teacher. Yes, I think that. Very good. Yes. Both on the same page. I mm. like it. Next myth out there. Teaching salary is miserable. <laughs> so I think in terms of take it from an Australian context where we are, pay is paid pretty good, I think. Mm. I know, so started teaching in 2009, West Australia, where we are now in the state of Australia, um, that was paid the best with teaching and it was, it was pretty competitive against other industries. I know graduate pays was higher than most, mm. so going into the profession, was paid higher than most other professions, it did start to slow down and taper off with more experience, whereas other professions, engineering, finance, legal, I imagine, it starts to pick up the sort of the deeper you go into it and the more experience. But I, I think the pay is good. And I, and I think I'm always a fan of a pay increase, but I don't think it's the main thing that's causing the shortage in teachers right mm. now. I think that people see the teaching salary as quite attractive. And if you, you couple that with the lifestyle and teaching, yep. I think you can make a pretty nice little combination there. Oh, I, I totally agree with you, what you're saying. Um, I look at the teaching profession in regards to its, um, especially here in WA, uh, this part that we're in now. Yep. I hear that, uh, well, 
I don't know how true this is, but I think WA at one stage had the highest paid yep. teaching. Uh, and I think, I think it was sustainable for years, man, yeah. like maybe a decade. And I think the VICs came in and sort of lifted it, and mm. everybody else said, hey, why are the VICs getting all this? So then sort of um, made everybody go back to the negotiation. Oh, so, and rise with the cost yeah. of living and stuff yeah. for Sydney being. And then on, as we said, you know, we, we get two two weeks after every 10, and then we get that big one at the end. Yep. And when you look at the whole lifestyle, you, you know, as you become um, more familiar with teaching, um, you're actually, most of it is actually just done in the, in the classroom. A lot of the work that you prepare prior to going into your teaching, you're already sort of familiar with what you need to do. So all of that stuff becomes a lot more easier because it's already done. Yes. And, and all you're really doing is taking it into the classroom and picking up from where you last left off and then moving the kids forward from there. So in regards to what we do, in regards to how much we get paid, I think it, I think teaching, you actually, it's actually a really good pay overall. Yeah. It's a really good pay. Yeah. And just to clarify, we're not against pay rises at no, all. No, we're not against it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Even bre- brilliant bonuses. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's not the it's not comparable to other countries, uh, um, especially in Western countries, that can pay not the best either. Mm. Myth number three: all teachers have a load of patients. I'll let you start with this Woo-hoo-hoo. one. Myth or fact: all well, teachers have a load of patients. A load of patients. Now that's a. Big you want to word. define load? Is that what you're saying? No, that's what I'm going to say. A load, men like a like, lot. <laughs> I can't give you metric amount. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think a patient in, people. Yeah. I think jumping into the jumping into the profession, mm. I think a lot of teachers start off with a load of, of patients. Mm. But as the profession goes on, it's it's what you tolerate and what you accept. And f- for example, myself, I've been in the game what 23 years now, mm. and I think my patience has really. I'm actually quite chilled. I think I'm actually more chilled when I first got in, and it's just that's just me. You're I'm, more chilled I'm, now. Yeah, I'm 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 chilled as. Were you were you quite? I was quite militant when I Very started. Same. Yeah. Okay. This is how it's done. This is what I expect. Yeah. But now I'm more like putting all the onus back on the kids. Sure, the so accountability they factor. In, they they do all the things. They get themselves organised. I just have to direct where they're going. In regards to the loads, it depends. To be honest, it's not necessarily one size fits all. Some teachers set their classrooms up where you can you everything's fine some teachers have short having to always yep. direct kids where sometimes their patients may run out i think i agree with you man and i agree i think it'd be, it'd be interesting to see somehow what the measure was hey comparing i don't know the yeah. the personality of the the patient somehow in teachers compared to other professions yeah. i think you're probably right most teachers that go in to start with are probably quite patient yeah um, and I imagine over years, you do it kind of, I don't know if it whittles away, but it definitely wears down. Mm. So, okay, so I think, so where, I might have done a 180 on this or a 360. Mm. You're, you're saying it's false? You agree with that all teachers have a load of patience, not oh. a myth? See, that's, that's the thing. I, I'm not going to say yes, I agree, but I'm not going to say no, I don't. I, Depends I, where they are in their career. That's it. Yeah, okay. Actually, yep. Teaching is easy. All you have to do is talk at kids. <laughs> Teaching is easy. All you have to do is talk at kids. Have you ever had that by someone? I've had that before <laughs> by a non-teacher. You kind of stare at them and you're like, oh, you know, no, that's not how it works, mate. And this is why. This one drives me insane. More than teaching is easy. Um, yeah, there's so much going on in the classroom at all times. Like it's just, and these days, society's just getting more and more complex and layered. Mental health, um, attention issues, 
you know, you take into uh, family dynamics, the amount of step families out there or yep. single parents. All of this is just the melting pot in the classroom. Yeah. And then teachers are having to not just teach curriculum, to engage students, to get that curriculum across, to get oh, students yeah. into class, to deal with emotional outbursts. So you're almost putting on, and I don't, you know, uh, educator hat, amateur psychologist hat, <laughs> you're being a motivator at times, yep. being someone to listen to. All these, and it's just getting harder. And it's no one's fault. It's just a sign of society changing. Yes. But it just gives more stuff for teachers to do, mm. which I think is, and I'm not, you know, this isn't a grand thought out of the blue here. It's been documented. Teacher workload is getting crazy. And it's part of it because it's all these different things yep. they have to do in the classroom. Yep. There's so many, there's so many like different variables that come into play. But this actual question is actually quite made me laugh, to be honest. Teaching is easy as all you have to do is to talk to kids. And that's just so funny because... I would invite anyone who thinks that it's that's just that that's all it is. Yep. Because there's a lot of things behind the scenes that a lot of a lot of non-teaching staff don't see. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also your it's your flavour that you bring into the class and how kids respond to that. Yep. So it's it's building these different rapports at the same time. You've got to add a little pinch of. Some kids need a little bit more structure than others. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you can sort of ease off with other kids. So, it's this recipe is, is quite. There's so much it's going on, vast, and it's, it's hard to it's hard to explain that, yeah. and it's hard to even document. I think you, those situations, you've got to go look at good teachers yeah. and just see it. And then you get all the intricate details, and that's that's where it comes from. Those small little details, like in sport, where they talk about you know you build on the one percenters. Mm. It really is that with teaching. Yeah. You do those little things, and it creates that bigger package, which is the effective teacher. That's right. That's exactly it. Yes, that's definitely a myth, that one. (laughs) That's just offensive, that one. (laughs) Most teachers enter the profession and not doing it for a lifelong career. Most teachers who enter the profession are not doing it for a lifelong career. Do you want to take this one or I'm going to jump in? Jump in, bro. I think, so I look at previous generations, they probably did do it for a lifelong career. I would say even I'm probably in it for a lifelong career. I think people these days going into the younger generation probably aren't in it for a lifelong career. So if you took, and not just, so if you took, uh, there'd be more teachers as a percentage in previous generations who stayed in teaching for a lifelong yes. career. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's obviously that's proven through the the shortages which have been around for, for mm-hmm. a while now. But I think it's, it's not as attractive as it used to be, the teaching career, which is a shame. I think if that starts, if you get teachers that are being transitional between professions, that's what it makes it hard. I look at the, yes, the previous generations were getting into this profession because it was very well respected, because yeah, you were respected the inside, the, yeah, inside the community and so forth, and you're, you're standing and so forth. Yep. But as, as time has progressed, as you see, and, I, and I'm seeing it too, I'm not old enough to be really, really old, but I'm not young enough to be really, really young. I'm sort of in that middle. Yeah. And as I look at from my my perspective, I got into the job because I wanted to make impact over a long period of time. And I want to see, because I've taught, what, 23 years now. Mm -hmm. I've got my first group of kids that I taught, they've got kids. 
now. Yeah, okay. And so when you look at that and you and you look at some of these kids and you say, who's your dad? And they go, oh, it's so-and-so. And I said, oh, well, I used to teach your dad. Yeah, and yeah. It's seeing all that stuff. That's the sort of, I think those are the rewards you also get back is seeing the generations of Yeah, and I, I know I taught at a senior campus for a few years and yeah. I kind of miss that because you just see the students for two years. Whereas you get back to a regular high school yeah. and for the growth from <laughs> when they first enter till they graduate or leave oh. school. Yeah. Because they do. And you, you see a student in year nine or year eight or whatever was a rat bag yeah. and the maturity comes. And you're like, remember when you were in a rat bag? And I said, what was I doing? I'm like, wow, yeah, 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 we told yeah. you to get to this point. <laughs> we all went through it together. But yeah, no, that, I, I agree with that. It's one of those things where I think, but today's generation though, I think a lot of the young young staff that are getting into the profession. Yep. I think there's a big push to try and get up the ladder real quick, like real quick. Yeah, and I was yeah jump, mm, which is you'd hope that people just stay around in their position longer to yeah. build a foundation. That's it. And I think that's the key: building that foundation, cutting your teeth on staying in the classroom. Yeah. So you got all of your yeah all your variables all sorted out, so you know how to deal with all sorts of situations. Yeah. And then then have aspirations to go further up. Great, do so. I think it's just seeing a lot of young ones just sort of jump in yep. head first because they know how to, let's say, um, talk nicely to certain people or whatever. And write resumes and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's where I think the younger generations, I'm, and I'm not sort of blanketing the whole generation. No. But there's, there's a, I see a there's, lot of young ones pushing. And, and I'm classing young as being anyone from, say, 40 down. Yeah. You know? Is sort of pushing to try and get up where there's a level of level of pride of putting the work yeah. in, isn't there? Yeah, and probably that, and it's probably that old school mentality. It's a yes. level of respect as well. Yeah. well. yeah, I agree with that. So, so I'm, I'm I'm sort of like I can see that I like I think the older generation got into this because it's something they can see longevity. Yeah, yeah. And I think the younger generation are, are, can either choose either option: get in to make an impact over a long time, or get in and try and get up. But see, there's nothing wrong with getting up early in your career as long as the objective is to make wider impact yeah. across the whole school community yep. or even your whole community, but not just to get up there just to say, I got, I got there. For, for selfish thing. reasons. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, oh, here you go. In every teacher's closet, there's at least one jumper with patchwork over the elbows. <laughs> In every teacher's closet, there's at least one jumper. With but you wouldn't patchwork over the elbows. You wouldn't have one of these jumpers. I do, man. I'm shameful to admit it. I have one of these jumpers. I when I was playing football back in the day, I used to get such a hard time for this, and I never had a patchwork jumper on the elbows. You know the ones I'm talking like the you used to see in the old school movies. It's always a woolen jumper with some kind of like patchwork over the elbows, and then just somehow I can't remember how I just acquired one. And then wore it for a couple of years. And I was like, this is where my life's become. I've come the 1970s t-shirt with patchwork on my elbows. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever worn a, a jumper with patchwork. And I know the one you're talking about. Sometimes it's a leather patch. Sometimes yeah. it's brown or black or whatever the color. Do you think it's a generational thing? Do you think it's maybe just that? I reckon it is, man. I reckon um, that older generation would have been around. I'm just working a level of maturity beyond <laughs> yeah. my years. Or dagginess, probably the later yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. More dagginess. For me, that's a miss because I've never ever had that. But no, I, I can say, that. but I can honestly say, I have seen teachers with that with that jumper. I want to start wearing it all the time now. <laughs> Parents are supportive of teachers. Parents are supportive of teachers. Mm. It's a tough one. I think it, it's gonna. It varies from teacher to teacher. Yes, and it varies from school to school. Yes, my we've talked about previous episodes parent nights talking to parents i think a lot of dealing with parents 
is realizing that there's always going to be a middle ground. So the stuff you say, the stuff they say, no one's completely right. But if you can come to a compromise somewhere, that means an improvement. That's what, and the other thing, not to attack anyone. Don't go in there attacking and saying it's everyone's fault either. I'm yet to come across a really awful dealing with parents. There can be parents who would dig in, but once they say you're a reasonable person, Correct. they because they probably feel like, yeah, imagine just being a new parent now. You feel quite defensive knowing that, you know, you're doing your best as a parent. You can't be mm. perfect. There's someone else saying that this is how you should do it. That's right. You know, I think if you eliminate all of that, that's where you get the best response from parents. I, I agree with that common ground. At the end of the day, it's like that trying to come to that consensus of we're both here to help. And as, as you said, it, it depends on school, depends on staff, depends on even the parent. Yep. It's one of those things where if you build good rapport with parents, then nine times out of ten, when you tell a parent that this is what's been happening, they'll come on board. It's back to the rapport, yep. isn't it? It's that Def- whole rapport, the communication. Yep. Look at time two left. Yep. Teachers have to be morning people. Myth or true? Teachers have to be morning people. Because you're a morning, we're both morning people. I'm a morning person. What time are you up this morning? Today was actually quite late. I think it was six o'clock. Yeah, I actually, I shouldn't have used today. It's the first day I slept in for a while. <laughs> Usually it's five. Yeah. Today was like six. Yeah. For me, I operate better being a morning person because I yeah. know I can get up, get myself ready. By the time I get to school, I know it's done. Uh, yeah, I know my mind's in a place where it's prepared, but saying that, if I get there in the morning, my trade-off is I leave directly after school yep. to do that. I don't think you have to be a morning person to be a successful teacher, but having, been, having changed to a morning person the last five years or so, it's definitely made a difference in my life. So if you are yeah. thinking about doing it, just give it a go, yep. see what happens. I'm, I'm a morning person. I prefer to get up, get everything ready. Leave leave early, yep. get to school early. Yep. If there's things that I need to prepare, yep. then do it before the class. And so I, I, I agree with you. Yep. If you can get up and get all, what's the old saying? Um, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. Yes. So it's one of those things that, well, I hope a lot of teachers out there are, are getting up and going early or whatever, because it actually shows what you're like as a person as well. So you're putting out that thing to everyone to say, look, I'll fire up this person's head at say, look, yeah. quarter to seven, quarter to eight, eight o'clock. Yep. Every time, preparing work, getting things ready just in case. But that's it. It's that whole professionalism as well. Yeah. It shows that you're prepared, shows that you're hungry. You meet the day, what is it, seize the day, and we're good to go. Yeah, and I definitely, like these days, I have to do all my tasks that require <clears throat> critical analysis before midday, because after midday, I'm, I'm just crap. Because you're, you're constantly writing lists to do as well. Yeah, but I, that's, that's how I operate, man. I need the organisation's a key for me, but because I'm doing a bit outside of school as well yeah. I get up and do some writing and stuff in the morning for yeah. things I'm trying to work on so that gives me a sense of accomplishment yeah. that I've done that then I go to the next transition into the work phase and then just sort of work from that but the mm-hmm. to-do list at the moment with the newborn um, haven't been able to get to it but usually I have a to-do list for the week yep. and then I sort of prioritise that with stuff that needs to be done mm. and then do my best to, to work down the order of that which seems to work quite well for me it is yes. Yeah, so I won't go into that, but school yep. dynamics can make yep. it a bit tough as well. Yep. Good teachers, last one. Good teachers have no trouble keeping a tough class in line. Good teachers have no trouble keeping a tough class in line. I think they definitely have less trouble, but I I like to consider. I think we, we are both good teachers. I still have trouble at times, but you build on that and you work through it. But it's not to say that a tough class doesn't require work, mm. even if you're a good teacher. So mm. constant work and consistent work that the class responds to. Yep. I agree with you, totally. It's one of those things where it's it, you can't actually say that, that that's the ideal, 
but it's not it's not actually one of those things that sometimes you've got a kid that may have an absolute bad day or a group of kids yes so it's all it's just so many different variables it's like as i say good teachers good teachers have no trouble keeping a tough class in line yes and no and no and yes yeah i agree i think it's it's the, it's the ongoing i think yeah they have ongoing work mm. they have less trouble but it's not it's not a personality thing all the time it's not just he's born or she's born with these characteristics yeah. the students respond to it. they're usually great teachers or effective teachers of fine-tuning their craft yeah. all the time yeah, you, you win you win a lot more smaller battles yeah i think yeah. as a good teacher yep but there are still battles where sometimes you may not win that one or it, you may not have the good outcome that you wanted, but it's it's not necessarily all like winning the big, big war. It's the small battles that you're constantly trying to win. But if you are consistent, others see it, others see, other students see yeah. it. And that alone just teaches them going, oh, right, we won't, won't go that way or we won't go down that way. What's accepted and what's not accepted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. That was good, that one. I like yeah. that episode. Um, all right. So parting wisdoms and conclusions. I'm going to jump in first this yep. time. Um, term four, people, just continue, finish yes. off the term strong, get your enjoyments where you can. Remember, you're in a great profession doing great things. Right. My one is um, enjoy. Like today, I just, last session with my kids, I said, this is the time of the time of the day, last session of, of the week, that, or let's say off Thursday. Mm-hmm. This is the time when a lot of students usually clock off mm-hmm. because they've come up from lunchtime they're either hot and bothered whatever else so i said to the kids first two minutes head on tables just chill Mm -hmm. brought everybody back down to earth and then i just gave them problem solving activities to do Mm -hmm. just to finish with the joy and just to hear kids laugh and know that you can actually have joy at the end of the day Mm -hmm. watching them having fun and watching them watching others having fun that was that was the beauty of it and just laughing at the kids and laughing with the kids they can then also see that wow this you know it's that human factor wow Changing lives, one yeah. problem-solving activity at a time. Yeah. You're a good man. <laughs> like always, thanks for listening, and we look forward to the next episode.